0: Hello friends, welcome back. Before I get into today's episode, I wanted to warn you that this is the final Thursday. You will be getting new content for the next couple of weeks. It is Christmas, after all, and that means that I can't get hold of any podcast guests to come and speak to me. Apparently they've all got lives or families or something to be doing. Um, So yeah, uh, Monday, next two Mondays, Christmas special. Coming up very soon, though, Johnny and Yusef are joining me to go through our favourite life hacks, lessons and fails from 2019. And we will be wearing new Christmas jumpers, so that is a definite YouTuber. Um, And yeah, on to today's episode. Benjamin Dennehy, also known as the UK's most hated sales trainer. Being honest, I thought he was a pretty nice guy. Uh, I'll let you judge for yourself. In other news, if you need to buy someone a present at any point, but especially now, last minute... Christmas. Yeah. Um, if you're struggling for ideas, the Modern Wisdom Amazon shopfront is linked in the show notes below. Uh, and it's got all of the life hacks that we've ever done that are available on Amazon. It's also got every book that I recommend. Probably not every book. Most books that I recommend are on there. Uh, so yeah, might help save you from not having a present for someone. Might give you a bit of inspiration, but for now it's time to speak to the UK's most hated sales trainer, Please welcome the wise and wonderful, Benjamin Dennehy. I'm joined by the UK's most hated sales trainer, Benjamin Dennehy. Benjamin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Chris. It's uh, it's an honour to be here.
0: Ah, uh, no. We've uh, got mutual friend and past guest, Mike Winnett. You've been spending <laughs> a bit of time with him recently, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I was up there last week, actually, filming another episode together, having fun. Yeah, yeah he's cool. He's a good he's, man.
0: He's great. So why, why are you hated? Why are you the UK's most
1: hated sales trainer? Why? <laughs> I get asked that all the time. In fact, I gave a speech on it last Thursday to a room full of businessmen. Um, there's no international standard by which this is measured. Have you got a mug? You must have a mug. I, uh, not, no, not on me. I, actually, I do have a mug. Okay.
0: A, you know that like when oh, someone gets like number one dad mug? It's yeah. like, oh, there's the awarding body for the number one dad. If I can I get it for you, seeing as we, uh,
1: we're at mobile, and I'm I'm in a hotel room for anyone that wonders why it looks all weird because I'm up in London on business. Mm-hmm. But yes, so product placement. Nice. UK's most
0: hated sales trainer mug,
1: link in bio. Yeah. <laughs> so um I created it. Um I created the character. Uh, I was given some advice by a very by a man who created his own uh, brand. Uh have you ever heard of Brad Burton? No. Now he's a UK's number 1 motivational speaker and I asked him how did he become uh, number 1 and he said read my book page 26. So I read his book, page 26, and he said, I made it up.
0: <laughs> and he got you
1: buy the book. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's quite genius. And basically the rule to it, I guess, I'm not not a marketer, never trained in it, never studied it, but it's not hard to realize that the easiest way to get known is to create a message and just keep hammering it. Like, Let's get Brexit done. That was a classic, you know, or take back control. Simple message, just push it out over and over again. So I created the UK's most hated sales trainer by, um, first of all, what did nobody want to be? And I looked at LinkedIn and everyone's number one, the best leader, professional guru, Jedi, all self-aggrandizing BS. (laughs) Well, I thought, what does no one want to be? No one wants to be hated. And so I thought, well, I'll go with the UK. And then I thought, it makes no sense. And I thought, well, that's what makes it genius. It makes no – why would you be hated? Mm -hmm. And then it gave me carte blanche to just be myself, which is naturally quite blunt and direct. Mm -hmm. So that worked well. And the weirdest thing was standing up in a meeting and introducing myself. I am. The UK's most hated – and people would look at you and say, what the hell is this guy? What? why are you haters no reason i just you know just yeah it's an so open it, loop yeah.
0: it's definitely an open loop
1: but it's grown into something quite well bigger than i thought it would get and people constantly say it's a great brand it's amazing what you've come up with it's just brilliant how did you think of it and it literally is i just create a space and own it
0: I like it. Well, a niching down is something that a lot of people in business will get advised to do, right? And I mean, if you create your own market, you are by by virtue you are the market leader. I mean, yeah. I think back to Mike's, the UK's uh, number one demotivational speaker.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who 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 possibly could come into my world and say, no, I'm more hated. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. You think you're, you're can't hated. Do it. Yeah. No, I'm more hated. It's it's not a competition, you know?
0: That's great. Um, So before we get into it, I know Mm. know that this is what you spoke about with Mike. And if Mike puts that episode up uh, before this one goes, uh, the link to um, the particular episode I'm talking about will be in the show notes below for anyone who's interested. But Wolf of Wall Street, real Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort and Grant Cardone did a podcast together. about. It's actually three months ago now. I don't know how it slipped through my – S- Slipped through my little web of internet stuff, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, well, actually, you've you've seen it, right?
1: Well, I, me and Mike Winnett did a goggle box and we filmed us watching it and commenting on it. Amazing! And uh, we I, we didn't watch the whole thing, so I've, I must have watched maybe a third of it. But okay. what I saw, it was an interesting dynamic. Between how would you how
0: would you describe it for people who haven't heard it?
1: Um, it's two very uh, 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 I'd say ego men uh, put together in a room. Um, obviously, Jordan has set this up. So you just notice in the cameraing and the lighting, he looks much better. <laughs> you know, it's all rigged from the the, the, the start against uh, poor old Grant. Uh, Grant is on the back foot, I would say, throughout most of the interview. Uh, and I think largely because when you actually ask him specific questions, he can never give an actual answer. He's a lot like a politician. You know, there's no substance behind what he's saying and he gets caught out very, very easily. And obviously Jordan is doing this on purpose and Jordan's obviously a smart guy. And so he's just, he's just setting the guy up to look stupid. And I think that was the whole point behind it for Jordan. I
0: think it so is, as well. I mean, yeah. I'd like say for the people who haven't seen it, Jordan Belfort is verbally incredibly articulate and very agile. And mm. he's he's a he's a quick thinker. Whereas Grant appears to have a party line. He does sound like a politician. He's mm. got that this is this is what he's said before. And every so often it looks like it looks like Jordan Belfort's skipping down the road and Grant every so often trips over his own feet and finds something he can rely on to say and then keeps yeah. on drilling that. And you are right. I mean in every internet review of that uh exchange, Grant comes out as a real a, a sort of a, a real
1: uh, charlatan i think a real bad guy he
0: because
1: he, he's used to uh, i think i'll uh, nick might when it might when it refers to him as a studio salesman mm-hmm. as in he's a showman and he gets up and he's used to talking to audiences and when you're in an audience that can't ask questions back or challenge you and they just absorb what you're saying you remove that into the real world with a guy that knows what he's talking about and it's quite shrewd and he just fires questions at you just like andrew neal does with the politicians here in england when you know mm-hmm. he rips you apart because they don't have any any specific detail or you know and that's what happened to him
0: well, when, so when you're up on stage you're always going to be an
1: authority right mm, exactly but when you're reduced to just you and a guy that knows more about you and has got the questions <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. Jordan did it on, but he set him up. It was a bit cruel, but yeah,
0: a little bit. Yeah. And then there's been some after beef and stuff like that. And during the middle of it, Grant Cardone's saying, like, we should do a, a MMA fight a
1: charity fight. Yeah. You can see his ego's getting oh, bruised. Man, I mean, it's
0: such like alpha posturing. Yeah. I, I really, anyway, yeah. the, for the people that are more interested, uh, link will be to that podcast plus when it finally goes up yours and Mike's Gogglebox episode, which I can't wait for. Um, that will be linked in the show notes below, so you should totally go check it out once you've finished listening to this. So we're, we're talking about sales today, right? Mm, That's the, yeah. the uh, currency that you traffic in, the sludge yes. and the mud and the feces and the blood and all that, the yeah. hay bales and stuff. World, yeah. So let's let's start absolute basics. What okay. makes a
1: good salesperson? Oh, uh, it's like what makes anybody – a professional, uh, and a professional is someone who's mastered the basics, has consistent habit, behavior, and belief. So it's all the unsexy stuff, actually. Um, a golfer, Tiger Woods is good because, A, he probably he had some natural aptitude. No, us not fault that. But he spent his life practicing how to make every swing work getting in the right mindset. Every stroke is planned, prepared, choreographed, mapped out. He knows what's going on. And every shot he's in, he's present. He's not thinking about the last shot. He's not thinking about the next shot. He's in total control. That is a professional, just like a top lawyer or a top surgeon. They're in total control. And they've done that cut a 1,000 times. They've asked that question a 1,000 times. And they just know how, when, and where to deliver it and where to cut and so it looks like you're, you've you got an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I do, but do you know how many times I've done this? And, and that is it. It, it, it. It's learning to follow a process and get good at it. And that's all I got good at doing. I just read books and started doing stuff that people said you should do to get good at it rather than just read them like most people do and then stick it on your shelf and take – you just need to think better. All right, I'll be more positive today. That'll make me rich. Ah, it's bollocks!
0: Difficult to repeat. Difficult to scale those things. Yeah. So what are what are those characteristics? What are the what are the what are the strategies or the the particular approaches that someone should have? They've got uh, a, a approach to sales, as you've said. What what are the things they should be drilling
1: every day? Well, prospecting. Every business sinks or swims on your ability to generate leads. And I hate the word leads, but basically, uh, I want to talk to decision makers in my target market that may or may not have problems I can fix. Now, I don't know if they have problems I can fix until I phone them and ask them. Now, I've chosen them because statistically, they fall into a category of person that should. Doesn't mean they will. So my job is to consistently be speaking to people that may need what I have, diagnosing if they do. And if they do, we figure out how we move forwards or we figure out they do need me, but they can't afford me. Or we figure out they do need me, but they uh, can't make a decision or the decision's not there. So it's all about prospecting. The, and prospecting, bizarrely, isn't selling. It's a different word prospecting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a skill set in and of itself. Getting in front of people is a skill. Then once you're there, you begin the sales process. And to me, selling is all about disqualifying, not qualifying. It's the exact opposite. And why do I say that? Well, put it this way, there are more reasons for a person not to work with me than there are to work with me. Yeah, there's, so only, there's gonna, only a
0: couple of reasons to work with you, but there's an entire universe of reasons to tell exactly. you to work
1: off. Yeah. So I'm going to figure out all the reasons why you can't work with me and have you argue with me over why I'm wrong and that's not a reason why we can't. And when I go through that process, it's completely reversed from what most salespeople are used to do. It works because the prospect does all the work. They're the ones arguing with me that, no, 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 we don't want to try outsourcing our prospecting. We don't want to hire new people. We don't want to fire people. We don't want to increase our prices. They rule out all the alternatives. And then what's left is me. Your product. My product and me. So there are many ways to fix a sales problem. You don't need a sales trainer. Put your prices up. It's easy. you a salesman can't sell at that level. Right, so you can't put your prices up. Uh, fire your crappy salesman. We don't want to fire him. We're nice people. You sell, or there are many alternatives, and my job is to get them to rule out all of them. So what they're Except left with
0: for
1: you. is me. And some people drop out on the way. I tell people I'm the nuclear option. I'm the last person you should get in. You're the That's final, right. the
0: final button. You got to have both the keys. Turn them at the same yeah. time. Presidential turn order.
1: Your key. Exactly. And if you're not ready to turn your key, don't get me in.
0: <laughs> I can imagine when you go onto a sales floor. Let's say that a company does decide to bring you in. Yeah. What's the atmosphere like? Because again, I've I've spent my total career of uh, being an adult. I've spent about nine nine months in sales for a particular insurance company. Uh, doing outbound warm sales but during that time even my small exposure there a lot of posturing a lot of like sort of the, the grand cardones of this world right the <laughs> that alpha male go get it environment so what happens when you step in and you start saying <laughs> well i mean what do you say it's to people so first funny. Uh,
1: the first time i walk into a building i get this look of disdain um <laughs> people see me and i mean i'm, I'm what 42 uh, slightly overweight uh, I have long hair, I wear a cap, I wear braces, uh, I look a bit of a moron, uh, and I walk in and I get this look, and I get this look all the time. It's this look of what? This guy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and, that's, and when I see that, inside my head I think, Come on. Got you. Yeah. And so I'm used to people giving me a look of contempt, which is the look I'm looking for because it means – part of their defence will start to drop. So when I first get into a room, um, and I I won't mention the company because I'm working with them, but I got put in a room full of a lot of, you'd say, alpha males uh, in a very, very, very tough sales sort of environment. There I am, and I'm sitting in this room, 8 in the morning. uh, I couldn't even figure out how to turn the lights on. uh, (laughs) And I'm waiting for these people to come up for the training. And their CEO had hired me and hadn't told them that I was coming in. He basically just put in their calendar, training uh and so they start to trickle up one by one and one of them recognizes me eventually says no i recognize you you're you're the guy from the youtube video i go yeah he goes oh no 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 one told us you were coming in but anyway so i get 15 guys in the room all alpha males and then there's me and you could tell they all look bored they didn't want to be there Mm -hmm. they were off the phones. Five hours later, though, after the first session, I walked out with uh, an, uh, another ongoing order with the guy singing my praises saying, it's unbelievable. And I, I, I only recently learned that uh, the CEO had put a plant in the training because they've built a very successful business off the back of telephone prospecting. And basically mm-hmm. his brief was, "Is we're really good. This guy cannot be as good as what we are. So, find the holes, find out what, just find the flaws. Mm -hmm. And that guy became the biggest champion. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's like the ultimate.
0: What is it? Is it Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Well, that's with hostages. (laughs) So, they were hostages
1: and they bonded. (laughs) We bonded. Uh, and so that is quite common because people look at me, and again, it's all choreographed. I do everything I do is deliberate, and so I want people to think that. I want people to think this guy can't sell. I want these things, people to think this guy looks a bit of a. Oh, what the hell would I learn from this guy? Because what happens is, is their expectations are, are, are set that when I challenge them and get them to realise that I know more about their problem in a very non-aggressive, non-ego-driven way. They start to move, and, yeah, and that's that's why I like it. I love walking into a room and getting that look of disdain because then I think, got one, because if they're all happy to see me, then I know I'm screwed. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be happy to see me.
0: Yeah, I bet. So we've talked about what you think makes a good salesperson. That is someone who drills the basics, who has a, f- a framework. A framework. That they
1: stick to, they follow Consistent it. Consistent consistency. And- cool prospects every day a little bit often i'm not talking seven hours straight but consistent prospecting yeah very important.
0: okay so that's what makes a good salesperson so what are the common things you see that make a bad salesperson because from my experience i've i know a number of people that are in all sorts of sales from normal telesales on bottom end consumer products b2b b2c i.t stuff recruitment Uh, And there's some guys and girls who are in those positions and I think you've got that job because you're a bit extroverted, you're a gobby shite and you've managed to fall into a position that it looks like you have the simulacrum of competence, what you have is sort of
1: loudness and brashness. Yeah, that's very common. So, uh, yeah, most people think selling is the gift of the gab, the ability to convince, uh, and the ability to uh, get across complex ideas simplistically. Uh, Most salespeople, people hate this, but I say it because I I am one, so I can say it. Most salespeople are losers. Um, They went into sales. Well, think it, no one's in sales out of choice. It's no, kind um, of like
0: last, last ditch, isn't it? It's like the, the job that is always going to be available, even when the, yeah. the cockroaches are the only thing that's yeah. left on this planet after nuclear war, Is yeah. still going to be a job for a salesperson. Exactly.
1: So mm-hmm. most people at school, when they're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe one in every 10,000 hit a salesman. <laughs> yeah. So for those who watch this who wanted to be a salesman at school, don't write me and say, well, I wanted to. I get it. One in 10,000, but 99.9% of people in sales fell into it. They needed a job, and they ended up in the sales, and they got stuck. And about three or four years in, they realized they had no transferable skill. So then they just go from sales job to sales job. And what happens is, is most salesmen, when I ask the average MD, be honest, be really honest. Do you have salesmen or do you have order takers? And they scratch their head and they say, I'd say I have order takers because they work out that most of their sales come from existing customers who just give them orders. Yeah, most sales, yeah, they came to us, they needed what we had and we were able to fulfill. So they placed orders. And when you break down the actual selling, which is finding people that didn't know they needed what you have and then enabling them to discover that you did, they go, no, we don't do that. Now that's selling. And then I ask them to close their eyes and listen to them on the phone. And I say, do you hear grown-ups or do you hear a little wimp kid or do you hear an angry kid? And they say, I hear children. <laughs> what do you mean? If you listen to the average salesperson on the phone, they're very needy, beggy, and pleady. Uh, sorry to disturb you. It's now a good time. That's a loser thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> You've just interrupted a busy person. And your first thing to do is apologize for wasting their time.
0: <laughs> Before you've even wasted their time.
1: Yeah, and it's like, well, you sound like a bit of a loser. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, and you hear them begging people, and then they start arguing with people. So imagine being a doctor who specializes in the flu, and you phone people up and you say, uh, people typically have an appointment with me because they have a runny nose, they, uh, they're they feeling lethargic, uh, and they've got a sore throat. And the guy says, I don't have any of those. He goes, well, yes, you should. <laughs> This is what salespeople are like, right? And yeah. they argue with prospects, and, and because they're so, and because they said, "Well, you must, you must have these problems." And we're phoning you because we know you're a company that should. That's true, but maybe not right now. Just like everyone will get the flu at some point, it doesn't mean the moment you call them, they recognise it. Mm. And, and so when you listen to them on the phone, they're very needy, very beggy, very pleady, very um, subservient. Uh, they're scared to ask questions and they spend most of their time doing the talking because all a prospect has to do is fire one question. So what is it that you do? And then they vomit on them. <laughs> so
0: let's let's sort of linger on this point for a yeah. second. What? What is the power dynamic
1: that you want to have? Is it the complete reverse of that? Is it halfway between the two? Parity. It- so I spend my life phoning MDs and CEOs. I have to sound and act like an MD or a CEO because that people buy people like them. It's not people buy people. If people bought people, there would be no sales problems, would there?
0: You just so, find the most likable person that you can. Put them on the, the phones, and then not likable.
1: Like them. So a guy in a Hawaiian shirt will sell to a guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Okay. A guy in a Hawaiian shirt talking to the guy in the pinstripe suit, it ain't going far very quickly because they're two different characters. Yeah. One will talk one way, the other the other. So they don't. They're not like each other. So when you phone up an MD or a CEO, you have to sound and act like one. And what do they sound like? They're short, sharp, clipped, authoritative, and direct. If you don't sound like that when you get through to me, I instantly hear, oh, I'm so sorry to disturb you. Uh, look, let, let me just have 30 seconds to introduce my company. I think loser. So what's the alternative? What's your approach? My approach is just blunt. I say, look, I'll be up front. And this is sales school. So you can either hang up or let me have 30 seconds. What do you want to do? Force them to make a choice. And most say, oh, go on, then what's it about? I go, well, look, if you don't like it, we can end it at 30 seconds. Fair, fine. And then I talk about what I fix very authoritatively. And if he asks me a question, well, what is it that you do, Benjamin? Well, I fix problems like this. You're going to tell me that doesn't interest you, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, 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 no. Well, how do you, f- oh, how do I fix it? Well, I'll be up front with you, sir. That's what you're going to pay me a lot of money to figure out, right? If I tell you that now, you won't need me. And I go, well, no, no, that's fair. So my question is, do you recognize these problems in your world? Yeah. Okay, so a few more questions before I agree to meet with you. Power's shifted. It's all about I'm in control. I know that if you have problems I can fix, you should be grateful I phoned you.
0: It's a great way to put it. Another thing as well that that I've got in my head is that if there are any salespeople that are listening, you are – Ringing people and speaking to your prospects or your leads, whatever the terminology that you prefer is, you're speaking to them every day. This is for you common trodden ground. Whereas, like even me, who has had the same phone number since he was at fourteen, so I'm on, I'm, I'm on like a bunch of different like cold call lists and all the rest of it. Even for me, I only get one a week, maybe, or maybe one every two weeks. Yeah. So for me, this isn't this isn't my environment. No. This isn't where I'm supposed to feel comfortable. It's you. You're supposed to take charge. You don't get on the bus and then there's no bus driver there. And you go, oh, yeah, you got to drive it yourself or get into the, the operating theater and you go, well, right, there you go. There's the sutures and there's the the scalpel
1: and you better open yourself up
0: and blah, yeah. blah,
1: No, you've got to be in control. I know what I fix and I'm damn good at it. So the question is, do you have problems? And I need you to feel and believe Maybe this guy's got something. He certainly sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And that's not blagging and that's not not, not gift of the gabbing and it's not the crap you see on The Apprentice and all that. Mm. you know. In the real world, that doesn't work. You can badger someone into buying from you. Don't get me wrong. But these are the people that then phone up a few days later and said, actually, I've changed my mind. That's There's nothing successful about it. It's almost like a lawyer winning trials and then the jury comes. and they say, actually, we changed our mind. And we, we, we don't go along with that. Actually, you were wrong. So... Yeah, I mean, that can't happen. It's a bit flippant, but that's what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not hard to steal money from people. It's not hard to lie to people. I mean, all of these can be done. Just because someone gives you money doesn't make you a salesman. Yeah, a salesman. I mean, just because you represent yourself in court a couple of times doesn't make you a lawyer. Yeah, just (laughs) because you pull a splinter out of your foot doesn't make you a surgeon. Yeah, so you can do things and maybe have some success, but it doesn't make you a professional at it because a professional has consistent outcomes and they're more interested in how they get to where they're going as opposed to whether or not they get there. That is the key thing. I don't care if someone buys from me. What I care about is how I got to the point where they made the decision they weren't going to buy from me because if they should have bought from me and they've decided not to, it means I've done something wrong, which means I can fix it. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas if we get all the way and they buy, I can say I know exactly why they bought, as opposed to I think it's because they liked us.
0: Yeah, you were saying to Mike that you you're able to walk backward through your particular sales pitch to most people. Yeah. Every every which way dissect it, however it needs to be dissected. Here's the inflection point. Here's the question point, etc.
1: Yes, if somebody, if I was to ask the average salesman, talk me through your last sales call backwards. <laughs> and they they uh, they'd struggle and i'd say well this is it uh, I gave him one last reason uh, 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 not to meet with me, we then uh, before that we agreed what would happen by the end of that meeting, uh, before that I asked him to invite me in, before that I finished on a series of six questions which were designed to move him from intellect to emotion before that I got permission to ask those questions, before that uh, I asked him did any of the three pains that I suggested relate to, him. before that I did my uh, uh, 30 second pain commercial, before before that I did a patent interrupt to get permission to do the circuit. Before that, I thought to myself, before I picked up the phone, this guy's lucky I'm calling him.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that is, that is and, and that's yeah.
1: process, it's structure, and every call I make goes the same way. It never changes. Well, again,
0: with that, so there'll be some online marketers listening. Yusuf and Johnny, two co-hosts of the show, will be listening as well. And they they traffic in Grant Cardone's world, right? They traffic in the world of of ClickFunnels and of of online marketing. And they actually now coach coaches online to start their own FitPro businesses. But they want the – they bizarrely actually want the same thing as you. So Johnny always says to me that the single most painful sale that he can make – is one where someone's typed in the URL of his website and then gone through the process from there because he has no idea where that person's come from did they see an advert online did they yeah. once watch a uh, an a uh, p- Uh, What is it? A blog post that's then been expanded out into an article and they've seen somewhere. Was it a referral? Was it a podcast? Was it a this? He's like, I need to be able to track what's happened so that I can then dissect it, scale it, retarget, do all that stuff. And what you're talking about here, it sounds like, is a a verbal equivalent of that, right?
1: You want to be able to... Process and structure. I, uh, selling and, and, and on the phone and face to face is the art of human communication. It's a communication skill, which means you have to have a structure to that communication in order to des- which is designed to move a prospect from a point to a point. And at any at any point along that journey, they can exit it if it's not right for either of us. But if we get through it to the end, we're going to work together. And so I'm not really a sales trainer. I just teach people how to communicate, and I give them a structure, how to ask questions, how to nurture, how not to ask questions, how when to, knowing when to struggle, the art of deliberately struggling, the art of getting things wrong on purpose. So my job is to teach what a rookie did out of ignorance, a professional does on purpose but deliberately.
0: And then we can scale, then we can replicate. And we can
1: scale and we can replicate.
0: And, yeah,
1: that, that's why I like it. It's theatre.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so I wanted to move up a level now Ooh. and I wanted to, there will be a number of people I know that are listening because I'm going to send it to them once we're done. Um, who are either managers, coaches or CEOs, team leaders within businesses that are doing sales. And I know that all of them have, there's, there's a real, a real unique atmosphere between a, a, a team leader, coach, manager, whatever it might be, and CEO and, and the guys on the sales floor. And I think it's a very a very unique dynamic between them. I wondered what you typically see in terms of good and bad um, strengths and weaknesses when you do see this relationship when you
1: go into businesses. Well, often sales managers are good salespeople that got promoted. Uh, and the problem with that is, sales management skills are different from being able to sell. So what happens is you often lose a good salesman to get a shitty manager. So, <laughs> so that, 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 that that's quite a lot. Uh, a lot of times uh, CEOs and business owners, they've slightly lost touch with their sales team because they've extricated themselves from the sales, but they know how to do sales. And so most most MDs and CEOs I get in front of, they often say to me, you know what, Benjo, I just wish – my guys were like me when I set up this business. I was out there, bang, bang, bang. And I said, look, that's why you own the business and they work for it because if they were genuinely like that, do you think they'd be here working for you? Yep. No, no, they wouldn't. No. <laughs> so we have to appreciate that most of the – and the good ones. So what we need to do is find the ones that we can invest in. Uh, coaching is about the getting best out of – so a sales manager has two roles. Hire the best people and get the best out of them. That's it. One of the biggest problems is uh, most sales managers in most companies have their own sales targets.
0: <laughs>
1: so the problem is if you've got actually now, where do you think they're going to spend most of their energy and effort in hitting their sales target? So they spend more time focusing on the thing they shouldn't be focused on. So a sales manager should not have a sales target. He should be targeted on what all his guys do. So his job is to get the best out of them, to monitor their minimum behaviors, to hold people accountable, to challenge them and ask questions, not to accept excuses. You know, And they accept excuses left, right, and center. Don't accept excuses. They need to give their people structure so that they can hold them to it. The biggest mm-hmm. problem with salespeople is we like to leave them to their own devices, and that's what salesmen love. It's a, it's a badge of honour. You know, oh, I don't need a process. Oh, I'm all right with this. I, You know, I've done a million of these meetings. I just go on there, people by people, they like me, and I'm good at presenting. It's like imagine asking your lawyer, why are you so good? He goes, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I do these things all the time, and I, I think jury's just naturally warm to me. <laughs> They'd be like, "What the? F- I'm not hiring you." And any you ask a professional, he goes, "I'll tell you why. It's because I do this at every single time. This I challenge. I challenge. this, 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 this. I know where I'm going. I have it." Same with a surgeon. Why do your patients not die? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just luck, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, salesmen love that. You know, because you and then you ask the average salesman, "Why did we win that order?" And they say, I don't know, does it matter? We've won. And it's like of course it fucking matters because if we you want to die, do it again. We can repeat it. No, 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 no. don't worry about that. And then when they lose, it's never their fault.
0: Ah, oh, they didn't wrong, want it, they weren't right, they weren't this, they weren't that.
1: Bloody Brexit. Whatever. It's like <sighs> it could be you. No, nah, no, nah, it's not me, because I sold last week. Oh, for fuck's
0: sake. With your unscalable,
1: unrepeatable sales exactly. process. There's nothing Nothing about that that's good. That will only get you so far. Don't don't get me wrong. You can make a lot of money doing it that way, and, and most, uh, most salesmen do. But it's very frustrating, and it doesn't improve you as an individual or give you better skills. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I think I, I'm in this just to get better at what I do. The money comes. It's a byproduct of doing something well. And successful people tell you that. Money is never the end goal. It happens to be a byproduct of doing something well.
0: I agree. So two things. I've got two doors to hell open in my mind at the moment. The first one is if you don't promote the people that are good at selling to be the people who lead the sellers, why do the people that are sellers respect their team leader if they haven't come up through the selling process? Let's say that we have some alternative arrangement whereby it's not the best seller who's been there for a while that then becomes team leader. We get someone in who's a particularly good manager, but maybe not amazing at selling or else you just have them as a salesperson, right? Mm. What's the solution to that there? Because you need to have that respect from the guys on the floor.
1: This is true. Um, That's a good question. Learning management skills, I've just said it there, it is a skill which can be learned. Mm. So you'd need to invest in Upskilling people and remind you're no longer a salesman now. And the key thing that you need to focus on is getting the best out of your people. So if you ask, and this is would be a good test, is you need to ask your top salesman who you want to promote, why are you such a good salesman? What is it that you do? Can you can you distill it? Can you can you systemize it? Are you able to repeat it? Or is it what most salesmen say it's just I just have a unique, it's just my ability, it's just just what I do. So no, you see, if you can't distill that yourself, you're never going to be able to pass it on. Mm-hmm. So you need so you need to do some academic understanding of why you're good at what you do. So a lawyer can become a law lecturer. Yeah, And most lawyers have been lecturers or most lecturers have been lawyers at some point in practice in law because they can do what they teach, but they also understand why what they do works. Mm. So that is that I think is fundamentally lacking because if you, if, you, if you ask the average salesperson, it doesn't matter how many years they've been in sales, why do people buy? What's the process a human being goes through to buy? Most people look at me blankly and they don't know. Get Surely that's
0: that's the that is the thing that's the answer. That Why every do people buy?
1: What? Are, yeah. What? What's the process they go through? And they look at you, and most people then have some idea. They say, "Well, they they buy out of need." No. Uh, well, yes, they do. No, no, no. I well, No, but that that's, that's not the answer. What is the process they go through? Well, how does a human being buy? And they look at you blankly, and they, I, I don't know. And then they go, "Well, they buy emotionally." You go, "Yeah." Are we getting there? And what else? I don't, I don't know. So you've been in sales for five years and you don't know this. That'd be like asking a lawyer who's been practising for five years, how does the high court work? Because goes, I don't know. I just, I just, tu- I just I turn just up there, turn there up and sometimes, sometimes I win a case. I think the guy on the wig at the top makes the decisions. I don't know <laughs> and, you know, and and so it's if you don't understand the basics, and this is it because people don't believe selling is a profession or a, or actually a skill. They call themselves professionals, and they say selling's a skill. But when you ask them, "Can you quantify and tell me why you're good at what you do?" They look at you blankly and say, "I don't really know." Well, then, what the hell are you on about? I suppose as well that that means that the
0: worst person that you could promote from salesperson to team leader would be the naturally talented person who's maybe not too self-analytical and has a passion for sales Yes, because you've muted their passion for the one thing that they enjoy doing and they have absolutely no idea why they have success at that particular thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) conversely, I, I'm going to guess probably why a lot of team leaders will be made team leaders. He, you know, he's just so passionate about sales and yeah. he's just got he's got a natural gift.
1: It's like, yeah, fucking leave him there. Yeah. like don't don't take him out of that role. Well, this is it. But we live in a world which constantly bangs on about, you know, uh, uh, work on your weaknesses. The school system is terrible for that. So you, you remember at school, you get your school report and it would say does really well in math does all right in English, but his geography, he needs to try harder. And it's like, why? What the hell is he going to do with geography? What I should say is he's bloody good at math and he should really spend more time doing math.
0: Yeah? It is interesting the fact that we, we go from this sort of um, shallow and broad to narrow and deep. Mm. And, you know, anyone who's read James Clear's Atomic Habits from this year knows that, you cannot be the best in your field at everything. You need to pick your battle and you need to try and win it over and over and over and over and over again. And there is, there's some point, there's some like weird age. It's like 18 and a half or something and you hit 18 and a half and everyone on the planet is like, right, we don't care about how broad your skill set is. We just want you to be brilliant at one thing. And that it's all about how good you are at that one thing. But you're right before that. It's, you, you do, you need to cover this incredibly broad range of subjects. You don't, you've got, you haven't got a statistical brain or you just love sport. You know, these guys that love, love sport throughout school and are forced to study all that time. And you think, well, how much better could I be if I was playing sports? Yeah,
1: school? That's it. So don't work on your weaknesses. You work on your strengths and you find someone who has strengths and your weaknesses and you buddy up. That's how businesses work. You know, this is why the MD and the FD are so different. One's good with numbers, one's not good. One (laughs) wants to spend money, one's job is to stop them spending money. (laughs) One's blue sky thinker, one's a bean counter. But they complement each other. And that's how they work. And it's just like, you know, marriage opposite. You see, you see, it's how did she get with him? It's one of those things, you know. But it's because they're so different to each other that they, they complement each other with their different personality traits. You know, you always get a really thin guy with a large woman, or you know, <laughs> it's odd. Mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, 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 they do, so. and, and and that's that's what it's like. And so find out what you're good at and just get good at doing it. Don't don't worry about trying to be a jack of all trades.
0: Got you. So that was the first door hell. Second door hell. We'll close this one now. Yeah. Is if there is a problem with the process, is that not the issue with the company rather than with the salesperson? Should the company not have either more stringent uh, sales processes that people need to
1: go through? Like, Well, most sales people, most companies confuse sales process for the structure they follow. Uh, and by that, when you say what's your sales process, they go, well, we have a first meeting, then we do a proposal, uh, then we we'll go to pitch, uh, and then we'll win, and then we'll map out. That's their sub, but that's not a sales process. That's a structure you seem to get trapped into every time you meet a prospect. Now, I'm saying when you get in front of a prospect, what's the game plan? When you walk in there, do you know how you're going to move that person from intellect to emotion, then back to intellect? Because that's how they're going to buy. Because first of all, it's going to be all intellectual. They're not going to tell you the truth or open up to you. So what's your game plan for getting the CEO of that company to open up to you about the real reason why you're sitting in front of them? Uh, Well, we just tend to go in and talk about what we do. Yeah. Okay. So that's not really a process. Selling is a communication. I need to get a human being. I know he buys emotionally. So how do I get that guy emotionally to open up to me about why I'm there? Very hard to do if you don't know how to do it. It's not coming and vomit features and benefit. So it's is it a company's fault? Yes, because most companies don't know how to sell. Most companies sell all and 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 I, I again. When, when people see what I teach, I point out that most the buyer has created a system whereby they're always in control. And every now and then they let salesmen win. And most <laughs> yeah. salesmen don't realize it. And they think they're selling. But what they're really doing is taking an order because the buyer has – actually, I already decided I wanted to work with you guys. I've just put you through your paces. But I was always going to buy now, They'll never tell you this. They'll give you some cock and bull story about how. Oh, you know, we just felt it was a fit, and blah blah blah. But no, I knew from the very beginning we were going to work with you, but I didn't tell you that. So most buyers are, you know, they 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 are willing, they they they're ready to place an order, and most salespeople go in and they do the dog and pony show, give the intellectual justification, and the prospect says, "All right, I'm in," and they think, "Fuck, we're good." <laughs> No, they'd already decided to buy before you got there. You just gave the intellectual justification for them to exercise that emotional decision. No, 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 no. It's down to me. Why did you lose that other deal where you did exactly the same thing? Ah, well, you know, just wrong timing. So you've
0: you've touched on the question I wanted to ask, and I don't know whether this is the one that I'm going to have to crowdsource a lot of people to pay you money for, but why do people buy? Why does a customer buy?
1: Well, again, people buy emotionally, justify intellectually. So, in order for someone to give you money, they have to feel it. So, think about this: um, the toothpaste you have in your bathroom—you've either got a tube or a pump. Tube. You got a tube. I got a pump. Why? Ever thought about it? Why do you have no. like a pump? I don't think. I don't think I like the pump. There you uh, go. I, think- I don't like the pump. Utterly irrational. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's an yeah, emotional right. thing yeah, yeah every morning you brush your teeth and the last thing you want to do is be bitching about the device which dispenses your toothpaste so you buy toothpaste emotionally it's because i buy the pub because i which which pub. which
0: by the way is the least emotional product that yeah, i can think of but it's
1: emotionally driven i hate mint so i buy plain i don't like the stripes because i hate stripes so i get the other one you know and it's, all of it is irrational, but when you're in the supermarket making a decision, you buy the one that makes you feel the best. So every purchase is emotionally driven. So British Telecom knows that to get you to pick up the phone right and call your mum on uh, this weekend and pay no more than one p for the whole call uh, is intellectually dry. How do you get people to act on that? You can't. So they 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 hire an advertising agency and they create an advert. And in this advert, it's a little old lady. She's sitting in a chair. The camera slowly pans around. She's got a bun in her hair. She's knitting away. And it's very soft focus. And then the voice just says, have you talked to your mother lately? And you think, fuck. No. <laughs> they hook you with guilt. That's a feeling. And then they say, oh, by the way, call her this weekend and pay no more than one p." So – Every advert is designed to hook you emotionally, to get you engaged with it. Selling is the same. When you get in front of the CEO or the buyer of whatever your product is and they say, we're very interested in your new software, you don't talk about the software. It's like, well, why do you need the software? because we're having problems. Well, how big are the problems? What have you done to fix it? What's the impact on the business? How does it make you feel knowing that all this is happening? And you'll soon discover they're buying not because they care about you or your product, but if you can fix this for me, you're going to take away a lot of grief in my life. That's what I want the software for. It's got nothing to do with the, the, the certification or the, the widgets or anything. Like that It's if it can fix this, if it can get my boss off my back who every bloody Monday is bitching at me, I will pay double. <laughs> yeah? So that's the business we're in. So people buy emotionally and they justify intellectually. Our job as a salesman is to find out what is the compelling emotional reason. Why do you need to do this, sir? And if you don't, how does that make you feel? And if the answer is, I don't really care, it doesn't bother me, they're never going to spend money.
0: Mm, to to- that, was a po- that, that was a point there um, that Grant and Jordan had a real back and forth about. Yeah. I think Jordan, Jordan Belfort was adamant there are buyers and there are non-buyers. Grant Cardone was there are only buyers. Everybody wants to buy something. And his argument was, I need a wide enough product range so that when I need to speak someone, speak to someone, they can buy anything Uh, which was then framed by Jordan in a really unethical, (laughs) unethical way that made Grant look like a complete dick. Yeah. Fish, wasn't it? Yeah. Fish. What if they're not buying fish? Well, they are. Well, no, no, that, no, Grant, they are not buying fish. This person has said they don't want fit. Well, they are. And that was it for two and a half hours. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, exactly. I mean, Jordan is is right, but it goes back to, uh, that's why I prefer the doctor analogy because it's more accurate. Everybody at some point is going to get the flu. And every at some point, therefore, is going to have symptoms that indicate they may have the flu. So my job is to look for people that have the symptoms because actually some flu symptoms are also flu symptoms that could be cancer. So it turns out when I get there and I diagnose, is actually you don't need a flu specialist, you need an oncologist, and I don't sell <laughs> oncology services. So what happens is just because someone has symptoms of a problem, you can fix. Does it? Jordan, I think uh, Krant's approach is: if someone has a symptom, I'll give them a product. If I'm not an oncologist, I'll sell them a cancer solution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, well, I can see the point to that, but then you're the jack of all, master of none. Uh, whereas Jordan's saying, well, no, some people will need what you have at a particular moment in time, and others won't. The guy doesn't want fish; he ain't going to buy fish. But in three weeks, he may want fish.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you need to be top of the list of people to call when the fish yeah hunger strikes
1: i yeah this is why we develop prospecting profiles our profile our ideal prospect is a company in this sector turning over this who probably buys this sort of equipment so that's my profile but I don't know at any given point in time when that particular prospect in that profile will need what I have. That's why I prospect. So I'm talking to them. And at some point they say, you called at the right time, Benjamin. I do have all of those issues. I didn't six weeks ago when you called. This is Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. you phone someone up and they say, ah, we've literally just bought that solution. Oh, you should have called earlier. Well, I've been trying. I've been trying you for years. Well, well, that's the way it works. You've got to call at the time when they have symptoms. If they don't have symptoms, they're not going to talk. Simple as that. It's very easy selling. And that's why uh, that's why salespeople are so frustrated because they spend their whole life trying to argue with people why they should be buying from them. As soon as someone says no, I do one last question, fire out one thing to see if, if it's a real no or if it's a fake no, and then mm-hmm. I'll move on to the next prospect. that's exactly what Jordan says. I'd rather talk to the person who's likely to say yes than have an argument with the guy who's told me no in the hope Mm. that I can browbeat him into saying
0: yes. That's not selling. I imagine as well. So my my brief stint doing uh, upsells to an existing uh, motoring product uh, up here in Newcastle, um, I struggled to remove myself from – being emotionally invested Ah. in the outcome of the sale. So I would, if I had a good day, I would feel good. If I had a bad day, I would feel bad.
1: Yeah, I'm going to guess that's pretty common. Very common. Um, You've got to separate your role from your identity. So a salesman is a role. It's just a function that you perform. You're a salesman when you go into the office when you walk out, you're, you're a, a, I don't know if you're married or have kids, but you're a father, a brother, a husband, a son. Those are also roles. And so what people do is they allow role bleed. So you, you, you allow your behavior in your role to bleed into how you see yourself as a human being, as a person. So I had a shit day as a salesman, ergo, I'm probably a pretty crap person. So I feel bad about myself whereas you got to actually know. Do you think your lawyer bursts into tears at the end of a trial because he loses? Well, he thinks- I hope not. No, he takes off his word. He goes, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. We did everything right. We always knew it was going to be tough. We always said the outcome could go either way. It went the way we didn't want to go. That's the way it rolls. I'm not a shitty person because I didn't win. I don't feel bad. I haven't had a bad day at the office. I may be slightly annoyed because I, ha- I did want to win, but when I look at everything we did, we did everything right. So, I suppose I it co-
0: that comes back to controllables versus uncontrollables, right? Yeah, you can't you can't control whether or not that person is ready to buy at that time. No, if they're not ready to buy at that time, you were never ever going to sell to them
1: all you control is everything up to the point they have to put their hand in their wallet, which is a lot. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. And my job is to get them to the point that they want to stick their hand into their wallet. If I've got to the point and it comes to them sticking their hand into their wallet and they're not willingly put it in there, I've screwed up earlier on. I should have got out earlier. So that's why it comes down to how you disqualify.
0: Do you ever find yourself listening? I don't know whether you've got some special agreement with UK wide sales companies where they, they do not get your number, but I don't know whether you ever receive cold calls or whether you receive sales. Oh, calls. I do. Oh, yeah. I do. do you, do you, do you find yourself uh, allowing them by playing the role of a customer just to sort of listen to them and assess? Do you ever, do you ever use it as a little case study for yourself? What? Or are you just fucking sick of sales and you just, you, you want to
1: get off it? I, I listen to them. And I humor them. Go, I behave like a prospect because I can't fail at being a prospect, so I can behave how I like. But this is a true story. I um I think it was last year. No, or the year before. The year before. Oh no, last year. It was last year. Anyway, anyway, last year. So um I I was making some prospecting calls, and my signal kept cutting in and out. Now on two calls talking to a managing director, the phone line just pissed off. So I was annoyed. So you know, that afternoon, I, I, my phone rang and I answered it and it was some guy selling telecoms. Mm-hmm. Now normally you tell them to, you know, F off. I'm not interested. But I I, I I, said, no, 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 I'll hear you out. And the guy was all right. He asked some good questions and I quite liked what he was doing. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm in. Let's do it. He goes, really? You, you, you want to? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, um, we'll, we'll move it forward. Okay, can I ask you a question, though, before we move on? I said, do you know why I'm buying from you? And he said, well, yeah, because um, you were saying, well, he goes, we're giving you an extra 10 megs of data. You're going to unlimited it. All of this, I said, it's got none of that. He goes, uh, I said, I'll tell you what. This morning, two calls of mine screwed up. I am pissed off at O2. I have no idea if you're going to provide a better service. At this point, I don't care. All I know is is that they're not going to be getting my money from today. I'm buying out of spite and out of frustration. <laughs> it's just vengeful. It's got vengeful nothing. Purchase. I said, I don't need 10 megs. I've never used 10 megs in a month in my life. And you offered me a discount before I even asked. I'm going to take it, but you were too quick. I said, you're giving me a great deal, but it's none of that is why I'm changing. I only listened to you because I was pissed off. I was emotionally annoyed. You got me at the right time.
0: And then justified it intellectually. And then intellectually
1: he gave me the reason, all right, fine, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah? Yeah. So that is it. So this is why you got to know what to say. How and you can you can create that feeling though. So it's important what you say on the phone. So I'm very big at you. Don't talk about what you do. You talk about what you fix. So you identify the three biggest symptoms that your prospects are likely to suffer from, and ask them, "Do you have them?" Because they may say, "Actually, I do." Now that I'm thinking about, it. I do. Yeah, I have noticed that. Now we're going to have a conversation. So that's my job is just I know what I fix and I know what it looks like in your world. You don't know what I fix, but you do know what the symptoms in your world look like. All I've got to get you to admit is you have one summer, all of those symptoms, and we're going to have a chat about how I can help. If you don't recognize any of it, I'll call you back in three months because at some point you will.
0: These symptoms are going to metastasize into a full-blown illness. Exactly.
1: And Um, I'll be here. So I,
0: I know that you mentioned that you've done some live sales calls before where you actually essentially don't know the product, where you've gone into yes. companies and, and sold whatever it is, not knowing it. And I suppose that that is, okay, what does it fix? What are the, what what are the problems that it fixes?
1: What, 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 what is a managing director in your target market bitching about that you fix, but he doesn't know you're the solution? So I, do, I work with a company that sells valves, and we had to go through this process. And I said, well, they, they, they're constantly annoyed at price increases in this product range. Okay, okay what else annoys them? Um, sometimes they have problems with, with with cladding. It's very specific. And so mm-hmm. the water gets in. That can be frustrating. Okay, what else? Uh, and another one is, uh, well, I suppose if you order these things, it can be lead time. If you've got a project uh, and you can't get them in quick enough, it can have a knockout. Okay, fine right, that's all I need to know, right, let's make some sales calls. So then I just phone up engineering directors, and I said, I'll be up front, it's a sales call, you can hang up. No, no, fine, what do you say? So look, I get invited in by engineering directors, Uh, they're often in the oil industry, such as yourself, and I'll be honest, they're probably already using a certain valve, but some of them complain that Sometimes they have water ingress issues, and as a result, the valve is leaking. Others say their biggest concern isn't that, but sometimes lead times can be challenging, and if they don't get a part, that can have a knocker. And a few tell me that their biggest concern is, and I can't remember what the third one was. Mm-hmm. I, I say that. I go, but I, I get the feeling you're going to tell me you don't recognize any of that. And it's amazing. They all go, well, no, 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 I don't recognize that. We, we, we do suffer from that. OK, well, of those three things, uh, water leaking into it, a uh, 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 lead time or whatever the third one was, if you could pick one of those to fix, which would you pick? Uh, well, I'd, I'd I'd say it's the water. OK, oh, look, I've had my 30 seconds. Can I speak to you for maybe two more minutes? Yeah, sure. So when you say the water ingress, what do you mean exactly? And then they start talking to me about their problem. They don't realize it. That's all I got to do it doesn't matter what i sell it's what do i fix how does what i fix manifest itself in my prospects world how do i talk to them about that
0: so suppose thinking about it in that sort of a way you are very much a swiss army knife as someone who has selling ability and you need what a week's training probably on even the most complex of uh, of products half a
1: day at the most <laughs> It takes about just... an hour to figure out what people fix. It's funny because most people don't, and it's funny. In every company I go into and you ask, them, what do you fix? What do you fix? How does it matter? And they look at you blankly, and it takes ages. And it's, isn't this fascinating? You spend all day of your life phoning up people, telling them you know them, you understand them, you live and breathe their world, and you can't tell me what you fix. I said, that's shameful, isn't it? Imagine your doctor not being able to answer <laughs> that question. Well, there's people. Sometimes these people come
0: in, yes, and, well, sometimes they're not very well, yes, and fucking hell, like drawing a, lo- a horse towards yeah. you. Yeah.
1: It's ridiculous. It- so this is what my job is. I, help, I get people to discover it. I get them to figure it, and I teach them how to say it because it's all theatre. It's all acting, and, and everything I say is choreographed. You've got to say it in the right way. You've got to ask the question in the right way. You've got to pause at the right moment for effect because my job is to create emotion. It's acting. What's the difference between a good actor and a great actor? It's not the script. It's the delivery of the script. Yeah? Mm-hmm. A great actor takes the script and turns it into something, but he doesn't have to alter the words. He just delivers it pauses in the right place emphasizes the right thing and that's my job on the phone and in person it's all choreographed to make the prospect feel okay about themselves and comfortable and open up to me
0: when you say it like that thinking about the power that a salesperson has someone with a real sales talent salespeople must be good properly good scalable replicable framework based salespeople must be some of the most valuable
1: workers on the planet. Yes. The whole world is capitalist. It's buying and selling. That's it. The whole world turns on that. So selling um, A lot of sales jobs will be replaced by AI, uh, a lot of these phone-based ones, because all they're doing up is taking orders. And you can teach it. an algorithm. I've listened to these Google AI things, and I've heard one make a phone call and make an appointment, and you wouldn't know you're not talking to a person. Wow. So all you got to do is program a computer who has no emotion, has no feelings, and only will follow an algorithm and do the same thing well over and over again. Before long, most salespeople, you won't need them. Mm. And this is my biggest fear is a lot of salespeople don't realize they're not going to be required unless they have that skill themselves, like the algorithm, because they're going to still need you in the face-to-face higher level. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So
1: they are under threat. Wow.
0: So people need to up their skills.
1: Yeah, without doubt.
0: Well, Benjamin, today's been absolutely amazing. If people want to find out a little bit more, where should they head? What can they,
1: where can they get you? Well, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. So if you just put in uh, UK's most hated sales trainer or Benjamin Dennehy, my website, funnily enough, is UK's most hated sales trainer.com. But it's, it's, it's nothing sexy it literally is a brochure designed to take card payments Uh, (laughs) i've actually had people say your website's shite i go well you're not hiring a web designer so what's why are we having this conversation
0: that's a great point
1: yeah i'm not a web designer i built it myself
0: congratulations
1: yes it was easy. uh, (laughs) it's crap i saw a
0: example in behavioral economics today from richard shotten who Mm -hmm. is the author of the choice factory and a previous modern wisdom guest and uh, this example said Um, Outside of a a butcher's shop, he said, um, sausages inside £10, but sausages had too many apostrophes in it. He said the number of people that walk into the shop and said, "You you know that your sign outside has like two apostrophes in sausages and essentially it doesn't need any. And he says, yeah, I do. Now how many sausages do you want?
1: Yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? I
0: love it. I love that open loop.
1: You've got to get them in, Yeah.
0: So anyway, everything that we've spoken about today, Benjamin's website is fantastic LinkedIn where he keeps on putting up great content and his Twitter, which I've actually
1: Oh, my YouTube channel. i got a YouTube channel. YouTube. And if you subscribe, subscribe you can win a mug or a T-shirt or a cap.
0: Fantastic. Make sales great again. Make salesmen great again. Wait, make salesmen great again. I, I Deliberately say, to I, I wind up the woke folk of today. You do indeed. That doesn't surprise me at all. Also, you're going to have, at some point in the future, might be having a digital product coming out, which you yeah. might be
1: able to. Touchwood, it'll launch in January. It's an online training platform. So. A lot of people can't get to me here in the UK to come to my events, but they'd love to do some online training. So I've filmed these events and I've chopped it all up and turned it into a training portal which people can uh, buy a subscription to. So that'll be – I don't know all the specifics yet, but it should be next month. But it'll all be on LinkedIn and marketed through LinkedIn. So Perfect. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank Benjamin,
0: you. thank you so much for your time. It's ah, been great fun. I appreciate
1: it. Thanks for having me on.